Welcome to The Burnout Show, a weekly conversation with special guests who generously share their burnout stories with us. We also chat with health and wellness experts on how to best navigate burnout when you're in the thick of it, as well as how to avoid it returning. And now here's your host, Jess Jones. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Burnout Show. Today's very special guest is Jules Turner. Jules, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jess. It's really great to be on the show. I'm really excited to uh, to talk to you today. It's really, really a real privilege for me to be uh, invited on. Oh, thank you, Jules. I will just share with our audience that at the time of recording, it is midnight where Jules is. So we're going to see how we go and get through and hopefully um, you're not too tired by the end of our chat. <laughs> I'm full of energy. <laughs> Excellent. That's what I like to hear. So, Jules, can you share a little bit about what you do and how you started? Yeah. So, um, I work with uh, committed executives to achieve their career or business uh, vision, but at the same time to help them to avoid burnout and create a, a life for a, a an optimum life balance. And the reason why I do that is because of my own experience of burnout during my career and where it left me. I was working in financial technology um, in, and in 2013, I was really, really working very hard. I had a, a large portfolio of clients that stretched from the UK to the US from east to west coast, there was a lot of pressure on me, not just to deliver what I was delivering to clients, but also pressures internally. We had big sales targets, but not only that, but there was outside pressures as well um, mm. on my, you know, my personal life. Now, sort of the the beginning of two thousand and fourteen, I started to feel a little bit unwell, but not just that but I, I felt sort of you know a little bit of brain fog I was physically not feeling that great I kept losing concentration I was getting a bit frustrated mm. with myself and others around me but then in March 2014 I felt really ill and within a space of five days from feeling a little bit sort of fluey I ended up in an intensive care unit completely paralyzed and locked in mm. um I was diagnosed with a condition called Guillain-Barre syndrome. And um, I was left, as I say, completely locked in, unable to communicate or move for probably about four or five months. I had a very, very long period of rehabilitation. I managed to walk out of hospital on crutches um, in the October of that year and didn't return to any work until two years afterwards. Wow. So that's what burnout resulted, or that was my life with burnout at that time. Mm. And, of course, during that period, I had this idea that there was a bit of a reason. There was a reason for this. It wasn't happening for nothing. Yeah. And I went and studied as a coach. I qualified as a, a life coach. And that's what I do now. I help my clients to understand the symptoms and the signs to start off with, what is really critical for them to resolve right now. And we start to build a plan to 
increase their beliefs around creating great life balance and avoiding that um, idea that they have to do the things that they have to do for others mm. all the time. Yeah. The bottom line is that our lives are our lives, not anybody else's life. So we need to take that control. Mm. And I think it comes back to setting boundaries and being really disciplined with them. Yeah. 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 And I think we all feel that we, um, there was something that I read on, I think on one of your posts this week about saying no. And um, it's okay to say no, mm. but it's even better to be able to take control of that situation where you, you might want to say no, but you could actually say yes, but in a different way. Absolutely. So that's the, the way that I see it. You have the, the power to take control of that situation. That's a really good point because it doesn't have to be a hard no. It can be, you can find some sort of compromise there where both parties are happy and you're still able to manage your time and your energy in a way that's letting you complete or, you know, whatever the commitment is and, uh, you know, make the other person happy but make sure that you're okay as well in doing that. Absolutely. I'm a strong believer in being able to create that environment where everybody is in alignment, if you like, Mm. um, that you're not causing conflict because, of course, if you say no, that could cause a little bit of irritation with the other party but yes. if you're taking control of that situation, then everybody is okay then because you you have that ability to deliver, but deliver mm. deliver on your terms. Yes. And I think people too are sometimes afraid of sharing why. And I think we need to be more comfortable with saying, no, I can't, or yes, I can, but, and it's because I am, you know, trying to be more careful with my diary management or I've got a lot on that week and I don't want to overcommit and then let you down because I haven't delivered accordingly or whatever it is. So I think we need to be more comfortable with saying I'm just trying to manage my time and and, uh, my energy effectively that week and I need to leave some space for me. Yeah. 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 And if you do that, people understand, aren't they? Absolutely, because we are all human and we all go through the same things and those same thought processes. So definitely helps to be transparent for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So Jules, when you were laying in that hospital bed for so long, what was going through your mind? (laughs) Crikey. It's a really good question. I think after the initial trauma of the realisation that I was unable to move, and unable to talk or communicate. My brain was working really well. Mm. Initially, I had this idea that um, I was going to walk out of hospital at some point. So I had a very Mm. positive mindset. But during that time, as I mentioned to you at the beginning, I had this idea, this thought in my head, bearing in mind I I was laying in my bed and all I could really see was the ceiling. So I had a lot of thoughts going through my mind. Yeah. But it was a thought that there must be a reason. There must be a reason for what I'm going through mm. because I can't be just going through this for nothing. And 
when I started to evaluate some of my thoughts a little bit more, I thought, well, and this was quite a long time afterwards, so I had the idea that there was a reason, but I didn't necessarily understand at that particular point in time what that reason was. And it was only after the time that I left hospital and I started to study coaching that I started to think, well, actually, there was a lot of people out there that could end up going through a similar sort of situation to what I went through. Mm. And what, what was happening before then? So then I started to think, okay, so what led up to that situation? What was going on in my life? And again, it was thinking about those little things that were occurring, those everyday um, behaviors and, and things that were going on in my life. You know, like, for example, you know, losing concentration, we get distracted by things. Mm. We lose motivation. We, and all of those little symptoms, although they're individual, they actually link together. Because if you start to lose concentration, you lose motivation, um, you start to find it difficult to communicate with people, you get a little bit angry and frustrated with yourself, you lose confidence in your own ability because things start to go wrong. So there's a Mm. lot of negativity in your life. Yeah. But those build up, those things build up and they creep up, you know, they creep up on you. Mm, They do. It was only afterwards that I actually really understood what was going on. And one of the things that I've written a small booklet about, you know, the signs of burning out, what are they? There's only seven there, but it actually clarifies what I was going through and the Mm. cause and effect, you know, of those signs. And as I say, they're very much interlinked. You know, they're not individual. They're part of a bubble of the symptoms of burnout, as it were, Mm. you know. There's plenty more out there as well. Yeah, absolutely. I can't even imagine being in a situation like that. And I think for you to be able to go through that and have a positive mindset, I think something like that would really, you know, make or break a person. I'd imagine some people would not have the ability to see the light at the end of the tunnel and believe they could get better and want to walk out of there and want to talk again. It'd be very easy for you to have given up and just thought, I'm not going to get better. I'm going to be like this for the rest of my life. So how did you manage to have such a a positive mindset? Is that something you've always been able to do? Or did you really have to push yourself and say, no, I'm going to fight here. I know I'm going to be okay. It's a great question. And when I realized that I was in that position, Mm. my first words were, oh, fuck. Yeah. Is this this it for the rest of my life? Now, bearing in mind that I was in my early 50s at the time, my mum's 100 this year, and I was thinking, if I have her genes, then is this going to be it for the rest of my life? So you imagine, you know, another 50 years is a long, long time. But what happened was my nurse at the time, she must have seen something and she said to me, George, you'll get through this. And when she said that, I suddenly thought of something. And that was the previous year I'd actually cycled from Land's End to John O'Groats 
And I used that analogy. I thought, well, if I'm, I've cycled from Land's End to John O'Groats, and it was quite a tough ride. Mm. However, I thought, do you know what? This is going to be like that. And I used that analogy to think I'll do it. But, I'm, you know, it, it'll be me going from Land's End to John O'Groats, turning around, coming back, turning mm. around, going back, turning yeah. around, coming back. And I, I used that as my sort of core thought, as it were. Mm. The other thing is you use the word fight. Now, one of the things I adopted was never to use the word fight. I always, I, I said, I'm going to go with the flow. I'll do the work. There was a lot of physiotherapy, mm. a lot of really, really challenging times. I had, there was three occasions where I had, I had um, respiratory arrests which is critical. I mean, they were very, very critical. Apparently I was reading about it and um, it takes five minutes for your brain to shut down if there's lack of so much lack of oxygen. Mm -hmm. And that's what a respiratory arrest is all about. So I was very lucky to be able to be brought round from that situation. But over time, I just built this resilience and knowledge in my own head but I was going to walk out of hospital, that I was going to, you know, move forward with my life, that I just had this, this notion which carried me through. But the key thing was never to fight it because I needed the energy to recover. Yeah, amazing. Such an incredible story. And, and just to sit here now and, and talk to you and to hear you talk about it, you know, when it was such a, a huge turning point in your life where you came so close to, you know, losing that life. It's, it's uh, incredible. Yeah. That's the reason why I feel so strongly about helping mm. other people yeah. in, you know, catching them before they're, they're hitting that wall of burnout, if you like, because yeah. it can, you know, I was reading a, an article in the New York times this week about, a new word came out called languish, languishing. Yeah. And they describe burnout as a physical thing. Now, my belief is burnout is far more than a physical thing, you know, and there's so many people that are talking out there about, you know, oh, I have a burnout. And I'm, I'm always on about the compounding impact of not doing anything about it. Having a burnout and then getting back into the habits of doing the same thing that's creating that burnout, what is happening, it's over time, it's getting worse and worse. Yeah. It's like a bubble and a burst. Yes, and for me, that, that situation occurred, which ended, you know, ended me being in a hospital bed. Mm. Gosh, so what do you do now to take care of yourself? What do you, what are the first, some of the first things you do when you notice overwhelm or stress creeping in? I live in a beautiful part of the country, so I've got a beach that's just down the road. Ah, lovely. So, you know, I just go for a walk or just the first thing I'll do is, is just get away from the situation that will mm. cause me to get stressed. Yeah. And then I'll think about, okay, so what is it that I can do differently? You know, what is it that I can do differently in this situation? What is the positive outcome that I want from this situation? Mm. Then I'll gradually start thinking about that and, and then gradually go back to the, 
the situation that you know I left yeah. and and do things differently. You know, I like playing music as well. I play the saxophone, so I'll, I'll do a little yeah, bit of saxophone. Right. I'll play a little bit of piano. I'll just do something that's just going to escape me from that that mm. environment for a little while. Yeah, and the other thing I'd say is avoid stressful situations. I don't necessarily have that much stress in my life. That's good. You know, some people think that stress is a good thing, which it can be, but it's all about managing that situation. It's Mm. like what we were talking about earlier, about the empowerment of saying no and Mm. or managing that situation you might be in. It's having the confidence and being purposeful, you know, and professional when you're in certain situations, but being purposeful for yourself, I think that's a really important factor as well. Mm. So where do you even start when you take on a new client and you identify some of the stresses in their life and perhaps their workload? Where do you even start? How do you say to them, there's a big problem here and we need to fix it? Well, you see, with my style of coaching, my key thing is to ask them questions. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I'd ask them is, okay, so this would be really about, you know, the introduction side to get them to understand, find out a little bit more from themselves. So the first question I would ask is, you know, what is critical for you to resolve right now when it comes to your work-life balance, for an example, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, what aren't you doing at the moment that you could be doing, get them to think about the solution to the problem. Mm. I'm not giving them the solution. I'm helping them to think of their own solutions. That's the key to the coaching process that I provide is that they are in control of their destiny. It's not me telling them because all of our experiences are different. So it's up to me to help them to facilitate that process to create incredibly positive outcomes for themselves Mm. so you're their guide exactly exactly yeah you know yeah they're coming up with the answers i'm asking them really deep and really powerful questions to unpack all of the stuff that's Mm. happening in their lives at the moment but not only that but to get them to really clearly define what it is that they really want from their lives because that's such an important thing. Yeah. And, of course, the other thing is helping them to understand what it is that they have that they've hidden or they've put to one side that they don't think that that is useful in their lives. Mm -hmm. So it might be a skill. Um, There may be beliefs that they're carrying through that – might not necessarily be that constructive to helping them to move forward. So we kind of unpack all that, you know, and we get, we get a plan, we create a plan and then help them to be motivated to move forward. And the plan is there to help them in any future circumstance that might cause them stress. I've always got something to come back to. That's great. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, Jules, what are you most excited about in your life right now? Great question. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what I'm really excited about is the idea of going 
and seeing people. Mm. One of the key things about my program is my program's a three-month program, but the very first thing is about meeting my client one-to-one for one day for a focus session. Wow. And I can't yeah. wait, right? I can't wait for that to happen. My face clients to come down face-to-face yeah. face, or Amazing. go and play around at golf or do something, go and walk somewhere just to get to know each other in a more sort of in a deeper a deeper way so that we know that we're going to get that result that they're really looking for. Yeah. Oh, I hope that comes around quickly for you. Less zooms. Well, fingers crossed. Yes. So does that, anything keep you up at night, Jules? Jess Jones and uh, the, uh, the bird. <laughs> That's the best answer I've had. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, that's good. What brings you joy? Music brings me joy. I love music. Yeah, um, me too. Um, being with people brings me joy, you know? Yeah. You know, I have a very a loving family, you know, and lots of great friends as well. So that's what brings me joy. Mm. And you know what else brings me joy? Seeing the results that I get for other people. Yeah, I bet. Very rewarding. Yeah. Something you're most proud of? Opening a business. Yeah. I'm really proud of that. But also my recovery. Mm. I can honestly say that is a very proud moment for me. Massive. Biggest one of your life. One. Yeah. Yeah. And getting married, of course. Yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, what are you most grateful for right now? My life. Perfect. That's what I'm most grateful for. Yeah. Because I've got a second chance. Yeah, that's right. And you get to teach others how to not get themselves in that situation. Exactly. Yeah, which is a magic, uh, just amazing gift to be able to give people. Yeah. 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 And it's so exciting as well. Yeah, absolutely. Finally, Jules, what's one piece of advice that you'd share with someone listening today who's going through burnout themselves or close to it? I guess it's going back to the idea of the word no. It's such a small word, yet it has a very powerful impact. Mm. But not only that, but being empowered, as we said before, being empowered to take back control. And that is one of the things I'd say is the most important. Taking a step back and taking back control of your situation. Because at the end of the day, your life is your life. Perfect. Well said. Jules, thank you so much for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you very late at night in the UK. I appreciate you staying up for us. Thank you very much, Jess. It's been a great pleasure to be able to talk to you today. Thanks, Jules. Thanks for joining us. If you're suffering from burnout or want some tips on how to avoid it, join our Facebook group, The Burnout Club Community. If you've gotten something out of today's episode, we'd love your review. Simply click the link in the show notes to share your thoughts. Until next time, go gently.